recently was trying to few compression times or decompression times that I have for getting off work, working all these crazy hours that I have been and stuff like that. I've been kind of just trying to catch up on like, ooh, people keep suggesting this like squid game or people keep suggesting this or that. And then I saw on streaming now is Dune. I'm like, of course I want to watch Dune. And so I was kind of struck in both the like the Squid Game as well as Dune, the how architecture is represented in movies that really kind of like set the tone. I mean, because let's just say in Dune, like architecture plays a huge part in almost both its presence and its void in setting this amazing stunning visuals of dune mm-hmm. and i know you haven't seen it yet because you and i had talked about it and i was watching on streaming and you are seemingly weirdly opposed to <laughs> not going to a theater to watch it <laughs> <laughs> i I'm, I'm hoping to catch it on imax that's what i want to see i, I want to be i want to be immersed in in this story just as a little side note if you go to to in sea dune and you mm-hmm. are like in the desert shots and things like that mm-hmm. that's exactly when i went to saudi you know it's I guess it's like a, about a month and a half ago now or or even longer really and that was literally like the landscape that i was in and so when you see that it was filmed in jordan but like that whole stretch of like you know where it was in southern jordan on into like the northwestern side of saudi arabia very similar landscape long stretches of like sand and then areas where you know like the wadi or like the old riverbeds and stuff are you know form the mountain ranges and things like that that are just like visually stunning in their own right and you think about like man this would be a great place to film a movie well they did (laughs) yeah found the right movie but so i was you know i started to think about like how architecture plays a huge role in how we experience movies and stuff. Yeah, the settings, sure. The the settings themselves are equally as important to the the acting. You Mm -hmm. know, and I just did kind of like this quick Google search of like architecture in in movies. Mm -hmm. And of course it comes up with like the actual like movies about architects or movies about architecture itself, like specific places and stuff like the Frank Geary documentary, like the My Architect movie and all of these other ones. And and those are fine, but that's not what I'm really thinking about. I'm more thinking about like just these big cinematic movies and how architecture plays a huge role in, in most of the time people don't really pay attention to it, but you think about it, it's just like, how could these movies exist any other way, but without the architecture to create the movie the way it is? And, you know, I just started to think about like, you know, what are some of like those movies? And if you think about, did you ever see the movie Brazil? I Um, slept through that a long time ago. So no. (laughs) Okay. But I I know the visual kind of style that you're talking about though. Yeah. So, and and even like, let's go so far as to say, by the way, I sleep through most movies and I have oh, to watch them okay. another time. So it's just a, a thing with me. So don't don't feel like personally offended for that one movie. Oh, no, 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 no. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Uh, did you sleep through Blade Runner? 
I did actually. Yeah, okay, I have a. Awesome. My my wife's like, you just watched that because I was like, oh look, Blade Runner's on Netflix, the director's cut, and and she's like, you just watched that. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I watched about 15 minutes of it. Okay, so did you sleep through Gattaca? No, I know Gattaca. I mean, actually, okay. what's funny is one of the one of the built main buildings in Gattaca was at at my alma mater this what's called the cla building it's a pre-doc antoine pre-doc building oh yeah yeah on the campus yeah. of cal poly yeah yeah i know that one and then of course you know like the the main building for like whatever how it wherever they work is a frank geary building mm-hmm. not frank geary building frank frank lloyd wright building frank lloyd wright yeah <laughs> one of really the franks jeez one of the franks jeez uh, I should remove my uh, architect's card. Frank the first, not Frank yes, the second. Exactly. And, you know, and it's just like, you know, thinking about like all of these different things and hell, even like think about the MCU and thinking about like not only the, these places that are created mostly all in like CGI, but they're like created these places that people exist like in Black Panther and but then you also think about like how you, you sit through there and you watch like the destruction of New York and you're just like thinking, I don't know about you, but in my mind, when I'm watching some of these movies, just like when I'm watching like old military movies and stuff, you know, like, that's not right, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> or you just think about in these movies where I'm like watching, like, let's, let's just say the Avengers movies where, you know, they had the battle of New York and New York's mm-hmm. getting destroyed left and right and all this other stuff. And you're just thinking about in, in my mind, I'm thinking about all of like the poor architects that spent countless hours at the drafting table or at the computer <laughs> clicking away and helping create these buildings and they're gone in an instant. Right. Like, Come <laughs> yeah. on, man. I think about that. That was like years of <laughs> years of our like lives. My my youngest son's like wildest dreams come true is watching a movie where cities get destroyed. And mm-hmm. so so anytime that can happen, he he loves, you know, a good Godzilla movie or a MCU movie where a battle inevitably ends up wiping out large swaths of a city. He's just in heaven. And I'm just thinking like uh how do i re- react to this like i just i can't enjoy this <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're cringing for like, i cringe for every architect out there that has yes. like their their building right. portrayed in a movie and it's just like <laughs> wait i were oh i poor nakatomi plaza didn't even get finished built before old john mcclane and his antics helped destroy right. half of it right you know, think about like the role of architecture in movies dating all the way back. I mean, hell, Metropolis. It was groundbreaking because it was one of the first movies regardless, but I mean, it was groundbreaking because of the fact that it was like one of the first world building movies as we were talking about with the MCU. I mean, all of these different places were created in the mind, but, it, you know, think about it. It's like how much f- fun it would be to almost like create these fantasy worlds that don't get built, but at least are enjoyed by countless millions of people. I mean, we, we love the fact that when we create a building that we're creating buildings and places and environments that we may never ever see or fathom the, however many people will ever be in these places experiencing these things. And then it's like a part or a piece that creates this larger environment. 
we may never actually like fully appreciate the the magnitude of that but in it's, essence it's this it's a very small piece of it's like both ends of a spectrum you can't yeah. fathom how how many people will and then you look at the whole thing and it's like it's actually a pretty small piece it it is but i was more thinking it in the way of like how it relates to movies it's just like you know they're you know they're creating all of these places like i'd love to live in the neighborhood where the incredibles lived you know i thought, I thought for sure you were going to say uh hobbit town <laughs> <laughs> although my, my daughter would definitely love to live in in hobbiton yes <laughs> she she like she actually just decided that she's She's seen bits and pieces here and there and stuff. And so I guess they'd been talking about the the Tolkien books. And I think they might even be. I mean, talk about world building, right? And yeah, exactly. Talk Jeez. about world building. And, and, you know, think about like the, the effort. And I'm curious about like how many architects were employed to help create that or people who had gone to architecture school that had gone into visualization yeah. to help kind of like create these worlds for these places. But I mean there's like what 15 weeks of movies right there yeah i mean i was thinking star wars when you first were talking about it yeah yeah not more than more than singular world building but lots of different worlds and different scenes and settings that are very different from each other it's uh it's interesting to think about it it uh, makes me it makes me think about the uh the metaverse like this whole talk about this online version of new worlds and VR and immersive experiences and the opportunities for architects therein, because you're talking about like this excitement that you would have to create worlds that tons and tons of people could experience. And I almost feel like the people who are set designers and concept artists for movies and video games have a, they, they're going to have a better opportunity to create those than architects are because we're so heads down on current projects. Mm-hmm. I think as an industry, we don't really think about other opportunities like that unless you leave the prof- the quote unquote profession, right? You leave it, <laughs> you don't really leave it, but, but like that's, that's how architects think about it is, you know, you go off into some adjacent career path creating worlds and environments for video games or for movies or whatever. And you could potentially have a much larger impact than you could as a, as an architect, right? Because Mm -hmm. it takes so long to get to the point where you actually can make a difference in architecture or make an impact in architecture because you're drawing bathroom details for years, right? Or whatever. Right. Right. So it's not that exciting or attractive for a younger career building you know, situation. It's interesting to think about it that way. A lot of people have left the yeah. industry to go do pursue those kinds of uh, opportunities. You know, I wasn't really sure where the conversation was going to go with this, other than the fact that I was just like struck by like all these like stunning, beautiful visuals. But you know, you're actually absolutely right that you know, think about like how many people could be and probably are influenced, or even architects who are influenced by like this amazing creativity and imagination that's created by movies by people to, who make movies right <laughs> by, by people who make movies yeah and the, the movie becomes kind of the vehicle for that to get into your brain but exactly but wow like imagine how many things are going on there that you don't even notice in that one viewing you got to go back and view it again and go frame by frame like some people do on youtube and they'll yeah. analyze the crap out of these things and 
There's a lot going on there. They figured out a lot of stuff, and they've got transportation systems, and they've got you know people on the streets, and they've got green roofs everywhere, and like they actually, I mean, I know a lot of it's kind of at some point algorithmically driven based on、mm-hmm. a set of rules that a designer came up with. Like the output might be kind of algorithmic at some point, but the rules were defined by people just like us who are designers. Right? right, and I think it's、right. it's it's a really interesting, especially when you're thinking about the scale of like these large cities and stuff. I guess I'm not thinking about like the Bond layer, right? The the evil layer of of the villain、yeah. in a Bond movie because that's more of like a singular standalone thing or Tony Stark's ha- home in Malibu or whatever, right? I'm not thinking about those, but I'm I'm more thinking like at the scale at which these people do build these worlds, right? World building right. scale, like like we're talking about with Tolkien and. We're talking about with Lucas and、uh, you know people who have created these environments that span books and movies. It's pretty incredible the amount of detail that they go into because it and it goes beyond the edifice of the built environment. It goes into the economics and the finances. It goes into the cultures and the languages and the. There's so many layers to it that they're thinking about when they're creating these you know alternate realities. So you're talking like massive, like mega kind of visions, but it even kind of like trickles all the way down to like these. I'm just calling micro visions of like a movie setting with a country home and this beautiful garden and things like that. And people are like, "Ooh, I want that! I, I want that feeling that I got from that movie." The Thomas Kincaid painting of a cottage by,、exactly. a, by a stream. Yes,、uh, the painter of light. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but it, but I mean, you know, people like want these idyllic settings. Exactly. And some people want like this big megapolis kind of like vision, and then some people just want like that little quaint kind of like cottage by the stream type thing. And and movies kind of give them that kind of like almost vision of it's like you know where do I live versus where do I want? Yes. And so in a way, you're looking at these movie sets, and some may be real movie sets. It might be like you know this cute little. Town or you know, cute little street with these nice little pocket parks and stuff from like say Notting Hill, versus a place in like say New York City or something like that. And they're like, you know, I I kind of want to like live like that, or my area has something similar to that, but maybe I want something else. And it kind of influences like you know people's desires for even projects that we could have, or they say you know it's just like, hey, Mister Architect or hey, Architect person, can you Give me like I've been watching this movie. It's my favorite movie. I love this place. I love this particular scene. I want that.、Mm-hmm. It's like that is the HGTV version of what, <laughs> what you're talking. It's like、yeah. I saw this design on that show for that kitchen, and I want that. Right? Yeah, and、exactly. I want it tomorrow. <laughs> well, then then there's okay, that. Okay, seven that. days max. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So then there's that reality. It was it was int-、uh, funny that you say that. Just side tangent here is like we were happened to be watching this old house, the the newer episodes of this old house. And the thing that I love about this old house is that it is grounded in reality. It is grounded、yes. in. It always has been. <laughs> Let's take a whole episode to talk about how we're going to adjoin this leg to this tabletop and and like <laughs> exactly. the exactly、yes. exactly. It's just like wait, that's it. 
they're not going to show us the completed the the completed thing. It's like when I watch these car shows, and and I absolutely love the car shows. So it's not a knock on them because I I want to see them complete an entire restoration of sixty seven Mustang, all in maybe one or two episodes. Sure, but I would also like to. And I funny that I said Mustang, seeing how I'm a Chevy person, but. <laughs> I I actually really enjoy and appreciate the fact that like the the project that they're working on right now it's going to take the entire season to show all of this stuff and you're going to watch all of the seasons as right. they change right. and you're even going to see the challenges of contractors who have to build in the winter time or they take the winter off because they can't build in the winter time and they're just what else is happening in the project at that time and it's just the bit of reality that they're grounded in. And my daughter was like, man, these are really boring. I'm like, not to me. My wife is like, not to me. <laughs> Cause they literally show like the reality. And to me, I yeah. appreciate it because it actually shows the reality. I mean, sure. The, the rea- reality show based off of like, say the life of an architect or something would be probably really boring to somebody. But like, if you show like you know it all in like one episode it's just like ooh, this looks pretty glamorous like yeah that's the tabloid version yeah exactly exactly but i mean that's the reality though it's it's it's, it is kind of interesting it's like okay so how quickly can you give me this you know this architecture that i see in the movies how quickly can you do that like that um amazing house that they used in what was that uh, a movie with keanu reeve the lake house oh yeah i was thinking about that one actually yeah it's like on stilts over the water yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's just like, all right, like I really love that the Lake House movie. You know, how quickly can you design and build that for me? Like probably the 24 months that it took them to do it. <laughs> and just kind of spitballing there, but I mean, with the drawings and the permitting and the construction and everything else and it actually occupying yeah. space over I was like, "Oh wait, hold on. We also have to do our environmental assessments. We have to do, you know, okay, now you're getting boring. That's not what, that's not what the life of an architect in the movies does. They just, they look pretty and draw it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. That seems like a nice life. I, I was just thinking about the bond stuff because there's always this, you know, the evil, Mm -hmm. the evil, uh, protagonist layer that is, and in the new movie is no, exception it's just got this fantastic no spoilers though but layer yeah i mean it's you can talk talk about it but no spoilers it's just one of those things where it totally fits the the recipe that they've created you know and and it it provides an amazing setting for a lot of what happens in the movie just like they have in every movie so they're not they're not straying from kind of that key component to the bond series but i've often been struck by those right and obviously they've been highly influential on a lot of architecture over the the decades but you know you think about like the john lautner like the elrod house has been in the bond movies as a as a great layer and uh there's so many that are bigger than kind of typical houses as well but you know these kind of bases or installations that are off in the, the jungle somewhere or whatever and they they've like you kind of started off that this chat saying you know they kind of create this backdrop this framework for things to happen and it is pretty incredible the the power that they have as i don't want to say characters in a movie but they kind of are like yeah yeah they are they totally are 
It's a, it's it's so interesting to think about the power that the built environment and that architecture, like actual design, has. Because there's plenty of shots in these movies where you don't you don't notice it at all, and so I guess you're right. It does does make sense more as a character because it it, it evokes emotion and feeling in a way that typical building backdrops don't. It gives a vibe, especially when you're talking about like some evil protagonist lair. It's like yeah, this is dark and this is it's heavy. Yeah. It's usually like made out of poured in place concrete, and it's uh, <laughs> it's just got this feeling about it that that is very you know, it, it puts a weight on you. It, it, it creates that mood that they're looking for. It's, it's pretty interesting. So, so what's interesting and for the people who have seen like the squid game and for those of you who haven't, I'm not going to give much away, not a big fan of spoiling things for people, but there are people that are kind of like in a game and the people who are experiencing the game itself like during the game portion of it not like when they're not playing the game and stuff like that is very bright and cheery and childlike because that's kind of like the intent of of that experience and and so you see the architecture created for that particular feeling and it is very bright and airy and childlike and, and everything else and then you know you've got the the parts where they're kind of like all in this almost like open dorm area and it it's it's interesting to see the way that they arrange like the beds and like everything else and it, it's still very architectural and then like when you go to like the backdrop of like the people who are running this game it's darker it's mysterious it's got like all these different twists and turns and long corridors and like everything else about it is so very you know so each part of this is like it takes on the persona of the characters who are occupying the space or the intent of the occupation of that space and then it also just like it creates this it is the character that creates this sense of ominous feeling within the you know what you're watching in the movie i mean i mean you can't say that you're going to the dark on cavernous like evil layer without setting the stage without setting the visuals without like creating that dark ominous evil layer kind of feeling and in the stage setting for that is essentially kind of what we do is we create we we try to set the stage for okay well this is an office building so we set the stage for the office but i mean it, it I, I I go back to a comment that you made earlier is that we're so bogged down in the details of like bathroom details and stuff like that. We lose a little bit of creativity and funness and, and maybe, and yes, I know funness isn't a word, but whatever. Show title. But, <laughs> yeah. but it really, it's, we could stand to use a little bit of that creativity, that, that stage setting, that kind of like character building for our architecture because then maybe you know like just creating a building an office building wouldn't seem so uh, i gotta go to work in my old drab office building it's like hey i gotta go to work in my awesome i get to Sh- yeah. brighton i get to go to work in this building from got to to get to yeah exactly exactly <laughs> it's interesting that you say it like that because i mean we've talked about that on the show so many times before in regards to having other experiences besides just going to work and how mm-hmm. important those are to 
on one level reinvigorate you potentially hopefully but also just to give you another perspective of the way people live or the way you can experience things and how meaningful that can be and then how you could hopefully bring that back to your projects and the that is coming from a place of privilege as a building designer i understand yeah. like yeah. i get it that most people in firms don't get to have that impact and that is a, that is shameful of our profession I don't know how to fix that either. So it, it is non-inclusive or exclusive to the majority of the people working in these firms who, who do that. And so I don't know that it's appropriate advice. It's appropriate for me where I am or, or whatever. But um, I would hope that people through kind of having those experiences become a more active participant in the process of design, whether, you know, I don't, and I don't know how to make all that happen, but it, this is a big part of it. This is how you go from got to go to work to get to go to work mentality shift so that you can do your thing on your piece of the project and be the best piece of the puzzle to creating that project as possible rather than, you know, a dull dead minion that, that marches into the cube every day. Right. Well, you know, a lot of that, and I, again, you said that, you know, you don't know how to fix it, nor do I, but I mean, there is a sense of. Most this. people don't think this is broken, man. Like that's, no, that's no. the shame. And, that, and, and that's the thing. But, you know, when we say most people don't think that it's broken, it starts all the way from the client who says, and, it, and that client may be a developer and they're like, that developer says that, you know, this area needs X amount of office space or X amount of like multifamily or whatever. And says, you know, they're looking at the bottom line. They're looking at how That's can a I- That's spreadsheet, yeah. You know, exactly. How can I efficiently, quickly, and cheaply get all of this stuff there? And rent it out for the most money. Yeah, I mean, it's, exactly. a, it's very much an equation. And, and what's interesting though, is if we had that mindset of- thinking about it more as like creating these, these settings, these places and stuff that, you know, it could quite possibly be that they could rent out for even more than what they're looking for, because now you're creating a destination, you're creating a place, you're creating something that has a sense of wonder and like actual desire to be there rather than it's just a place that is there. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a, there's a balance, right? There's a lot of spaces in projects that don't need to be that and they, they won't ever be that. And then there's other ones that absolutely are, and it's not all or nothing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so, I mean, I've, I've very much had that attitude when designing spaces, like there's definitely spaces worth paying attention to in this way. And then there's a lot of generic stuff going on, too, that either supports that or is a major portion of the program. You know, you're talking about an educational building. You've got classrooms. It's not to say, like, they're generic, but they kind of are. You know what I mean, right? It's They're, they're a rigorous copy-paste kind of <laughs> exercise for those types of spaces. But it's not to say that they can't be great learning environments because of the thoughtfulness of the architect. So, right. Right. Like, because they absolutely can be and they should be right. Like our, our kids deserve that so that they are inspired to learn because they probably aren't going to be self-motivated in many regards to, to do that on their own. Right. Or, or to facilitate that process to happen in a better way, you know, whether that's through 
the space itself, through the flexibility of that space, through the daylighting of that space, or the technology in that space, and all the layers that go through making them. But there are definitely places in buildings that can be those places that you're talking about, where it's like, and most of the time it's relegated to the exterior, which is crazy, right? Because it's not where you spend your time in these buildings. And so it really should be from the inside out. And there should be those moments in the building that stand out, that make an impact, that aren't just mm-hmm. background, that you process through, you know. Uh, I think there there is a huge opportunity. And that, to me, is like the difference between architecture and buildings, right? That Those are the places that set a mood, set an environment, um, create it to stand out. I both agree with you and sadly or woefully disagree because (laughs) (laughs) it just i i sort of wish that like every yes we understand that an electrical room is not going to be the this you know picturesque place to be and and those are the supporting spaces that i think of but i mean even (laughs) even so far as to say let's make a really nice bathroom because we spend time in bathrooms and why do we not deserve to have a really nice bathroom? Even if it's a, a group toilet s- scenario, I mean, can't like, you know, people use those as kind of like a, an escape sometime from the cubicle. <laughs> Which is sad. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So then maybe you're right that create those spaces where they can find that little area of respite for, you know, um, where they're at and they don't have to spend a whole lot of money on making this palatial restroom that, you know, make a palatial something else that everybody else can enjoy. It, it is sad state of humanity when that is the respite that people go looking for yeah. so exactly. that they can just get on their phone and go to another place. Right. Yeah. But yeah. that's, that's honestly what's happening. It's it's yeah, absolutely. And so, Wow. Uh, How'd we get there? Is, which is <laughs> which is why which is why a lot of people go to the movies. It is. It's, it actually is. I mean, that's the escape, and that's that's why people exactly. sit down in front of their TV every night and turn it on, and you know, yeah. and to escape. At, what the hell are we going to do about that? I saw this meme uh, floating around whatever place. It's just like these electronic gadgets. And social media was created to act as a way to escape from reality. And now that reality is starting to become this place to escape from the social media in our devices. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, let's hope so. Well, I mean, you, you, it's like the world was so bad we had to escape somewhere else. And now it's so bad we have to escape back to the world. <laughs> the world. Yeah, <laughs> this really yeah. is the race to the bottom. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's hit it from every angle. Ended up in a dark place there. <laughs> Sad. Go see. Go see a movie. I'm going to go see Dune. Yeah. yeah. Go see a movie. Go enjoy. Yeah, definitely inspired. enjoy Dune. You will. It is just this... I mean it. Well, I mean, your your youngest will enjoy some destruction. Uh huh. I think there's um, something for everyone in this movie. That's what I've heard. There, there is definitely something for everybody, and it is it is Denny Villeneuve who had also recently did the the newer sequel to Blade Runner, 
Okay. I can't remember the, I think it's like 2049. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I know that, but I haven't <laughs> seen it. So, yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing about it is, is that again, it's this, just like the original Blade Runner architecture plays an enormous part in mm -hmm. the storytelling mm -hmm. and just the way that the feeling that's created around the mood of the scene yeah. is supported or it it could only the the mood could have only been created for, by the architecture and and so the architecture is is a huge supporting cast member of of both the you know the blade runners as well as dune and, and i think that it it's kind of amazing i mean it, it is definitely if you think about it it is definitely a lot like the the world building that you know occurred in star wars it's mm -hmm. like every character had a supporting architectural element to them that reflected their character mm -hmm. reflected who they were whether it was the pageantry of the emperor or kind of like the, the, the kind of like modest upbringings of say Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I was thinking about that, like a very Western old Western feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like kind of showing, we talked about this a little bit. It's just like the, this, like what I saw in, in Saudi Arabia is like, you know, you saw like this very, westernized version of what you would expect all the way down to like you know here are the farmers living the way you would expect probably farmers to live and there was like this interesting kind of like you know or, or even down to like the bedouin tents and things like that and it's just like everybody has like this kind of like architecture that responds to who they are what they do kind of that kind of thing and you know, these movies have created this backdrop that without it, without kind of like, even back to like, you were saying that these were designed by people who may not be in the industry, or they might have been in the industry, but they've got like all of this creative license to kind of like, take it, you know, well, and well above and beyond where what we do on a daily basis. It, it just, it's the this opportunity to just kind of like create and detach and like, you know, just absorb and assume personas that otherwise we don't necessarily fully get the opportunity to do. It is inspiring. It, it for sure is. I, I'm excited. You know, I, I know that it's going to be a visually impactful movie. Yeah. Oh, and it very much is. And yeah. in that way, I mean, just there's a lot of movies like that and they're like that in very different ways, right? It's, it's, and, and to think about, the next generations of architects that are coming. It's, it's interesting because, you know, we don't really, I don't think we think about it this way very often because it's, it's interesting to think like the first person who goes to Mars is probably already graduated high school or they're in high school right now. Right. Right. Well, who are the next generations of architects and where are they? And they're the ones who are growing up right in these video games, inhabiting the kinds of worlds that you're talking about on a daily basis. And think about, the educational process they're going to go through and what they're going to be building for their projects compared to what we did mm -hmm. in, in ours. Yeah. And the tools that they have to explore those kinds of things are incredible, incredible compared to what we had. And I'm not trying to put down our experience versus theirs. They're no, no. just yeah. very different. That's um, the evolution. It is. And, and it's happening outside of architecture. And yeah. that is the yeah. sad part. 
for me. <laughs> we, as yeah. an industry, are not driving this. It is coming from all of these other places who are racing to be the first ones to figure it out. And we are dragging our heels. And I don't yeah. know why. I just don't know. There is no good reason. And and all I can think is that it's because we can't get our heads out of our this is my project right now asses yeah. to yeah. step back well, and look at all that. Because that to me, like there is an incredible potential for the future of this. And we have to figure out ways to be a part of steering how they get to us in the future. And I'm not just saying like enable them once they get here with all of this other great inputs that they've had throughout the years, but how do we help them get here and be able to use it to jump off and have architecture be valuable? But see, so here's the, here's the problem of that. And which is interesting is because like the architecture of today is being created by yesterday's architect. Mm -hmm. And the architecture of tomorrow is going to be created by the architects of today. Mm -hmm. And then we're always seeming to be one step behind where we are with what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's in, and, and, and so you're right. I mean, you know, if the next Mars Explorer is, you know, either just graduating or still in high school future architect is in high school or maybe in middle school and they're growing up with this this different kind of like vision of the world of the technologies of everything else when they get to this stage of where they're able to like have an influence on architecture they're still playing from behind because they're playing from where they came from not where they are or not where they're going because where they are is still kind of like a step behind where they want to go. And so we're never like a futurist. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though we're super optimistic <laughs> yeah, and yeah. always thinking about what's next and how we're going to, but, but very, just, just I mean, a we, little ways out, just a little ways. Yeah. Out. So conversation we were having with the client and everything else, which just for some reason seems to somewhat frustrate me. And I think it's very apt you know, apropos to what we're talking about now is just the term future-proofing. Like, uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> we we want to make sure that we're future-proofing this institution or this space or this office building and stuff. And all that really means is, in their mind, all that really means is, is we, do a, we design a corn shell mm -hmm. that, like, they could wipe out the interior fit out yeah. and change it up to the next kind of, like, variation of how we work and stuff like that. And that's the future proving. But that's so limiting. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it gives them the flexibility of what they need to do. And, you know, then they don't really necessarily think about things. But is that really future proofing? Like, first of all, I, I, I hate the term. You know, what you're doing is ignoring the future. You're not, you, you are not looking towards the future in the same way as what we're talking about right now, whereas like there's so much more that can be done with architecture just based off of like the technology that the people are growing up with right now. I mean, we're still looking at it as a box, you know, a four wall box and then, you know, kind of an interior fit out. And how does that in interior fit out change a little bit? But then what does that really mean? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a trend that's been, I've been seeing for, for the last decade is 
exactly what you said, Corin Shell. Just just make yeah. it as flexible as possible so that it's yeah. like a black box theater. We can do whatever we want inside of this. And then yeah. it, the space has no meaning, right? It's a uh, exactly. It is very exactly. like you said. It's kind of just this total character that nobody cares about, <laughs> right? And right. and then it's a tool. And I think with the institutional clients that you're referencing here, it very much is a. It's just a tool. It's just a, a way to get their business accomplished. And it's not seen, I guess it's, it's also because people don't understand the potential of what architecture can do and why, how, how can they, I, they, they don't experience it very often. Right. Well, they, they, they technically experience it every day, well, but they don't think about it every day. Well, the, the, what I, I guess what I'm saying is the spaces that they do experience don't have that impact. Right. And so therefore right. like that I'm drawing a, a distinctive line between architecture and buildings. True. Okay. Yeah. I, I get what you're, I get what you're saying. And it, there just isn't that much out there to experience. Like you've got to go to it. You've got to find it. You've got to be in the right mindset to take it in. Like you right. can't be doing right. something else. Right. So it's, it is not a thing that people necessarily intentionally seek out to do and to understand and nobody's teaching them how, I mean, they're seeing it as backdrop they're not experiencing it as it's an emotive thing, right? So it it's it's I don't know, man. Is this a losing battle? I don't know because yeah, if if we're ultimately we're just going to be laying out generic space after generic space with corridor down the middle, what's the point? Is the point always just to build more? I don't I don't know if that's interesting or not. For well, yeah. you don't need an architect for that. So it's a uh, it is kind of tricky to think about. I mean. It's it's very tricky to think about because that's also what the builders want to build is generic space after generic space that <laughs> because it's can can it, be future proofed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you, it's it's funny that you talk about that future proofing because it's like we want a future proof building, but we don't want to maintain anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not going to we're not going to do the things that it takes to make this building last that long. That's somebody else's problem. <laughs> totally where I was going with this, just like, or we're going to design it so that it basically is this disposable product that like lives the the same life as the products that help create it. So, you know, yeah, you can pay the extra money for a 30 year warranty, but once that 30 year warranty runs out, then we're done. Or, we're sus- here. or you know, sustainable strategies no i don't want to pay for those now like but the roi is happens in this x many years and this is a 50 Mm -hmm. year build this is a 3x 4x building what and no and and that's the reality of future proofing if we want to really say it is is. you know things that actually make this building last into the future Mm -hmm. it is not this you know let's just go ahead and a better future yeah 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 Man, all I wanted to do was talk about movie buildings. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G A B L M E D I A.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out. And don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon. <laughs>